Welcome to the broadcast at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. We invite you to join us here on this station each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. We also invite you to join us in person at 11 a.m. The church is located at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, Georgia. Now join Pastor Les Fuller as he brings God's Word. Psalms chapter number 83. Psalms chapter number 83. I've used these verses as of late especially with what we're seeing in, in our world, it seems that evil is climaxing, and it's not climaxed to its fullest potential yet because we know that will only happen during the tribulation period. But we are seeing a climax in our lifetimes of the wickedness of our day. It's hard for God's people to be thankful when we see the rise of anti-Semitic views, when we see the rise of uh, people that's coming along uh, being, being in, a, in a way of hate like you and I possibly have never seen or experienced in our lifetime. I'd like to say this morning that I'm very amazed at the accuracy of God's Word. I believe that God's Word is more accurate than any news broadcast that you could see, whether it be on TV or hearing it on the radio. And for that reason, we must go to the Word of God because of the accuracy of God's Word. I'm only going to read uh, maybe the first five verses and then maybe the latter part of this psalm. I've devoted my Christian life to the studies of God's Word. And even before I was a preacher, I would find myself in the pages of the book of Psalms, trying to reason out uh, where I was at in life. It was almost as, as if the Word of God was speaking to me as a counselor, individually. And the accuracy of God's Word in my own personal life has changed me from the inside out. But when we read these verses today, I want you to consider what God is saying through this through this uh, prophet, uh, David, as he's uh, writing about the circumstances of his life, and you ask yourself the question that I've asked. Is this scripture relevant for today? Is it up to date? And I believe you'll walk away saying yes, that it is. What does the Bible say? It says, Keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people, and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, Come, and let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. Verse number, uh, verse number 5 is where we'll stop reading today, and then we may read a few more verses in the latter part of this chapter. They have consulted together with one consent, and they are confederate against thee. Is it possible today that we have enemies? Is it possible today that God 
himself even has enemies, people that hate him. If you look through secular history, if you step away from the scriptures, you'll find that God, in fact, has always had enemies, people that are against him. And because people are against God, they are against us as a believer. How accurate God's word is. When the psalmist wrote down these verses, even though that it was thousands of years ago when the psalmist would write these verses, it was relevant for then, but it's also relevant for now. And only God can do that, church. Only God has the ability to, to look at the present hour and look beyond that to another day and see that there'll be another day coming when this word will be relevant. I love the scripture because it is so on spot for everything that I face and that you face. So it's an accurate word. I love what the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is quick. It's powerful. The word of God, that word quick means that it's living. It's a living word that God gives us. The word that you've read today is a living word. It's alive and it's a quick word. And it brings life to all of our lives today through the quickness, the quickening power of the Word of God. It's a sharp word dividing even soul and spirit, the joints and the marrow of a man. The Word of God is that quick and it's likened unto a sword as it pierces. It goes in and it cuts one way going and it cuts another way coming out. This book, we read it, but in all actuality, this book reads us. When was the last time you sat down with an open Bible and let God read you? Not only is it an accurate word for our present day, these words are words from the past. I want you to consider Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verse number 8. And I love this about God. It's a quality that only exists in God. The Bible says in Hebrews 13 and 8 uh, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, God does not change. You can't say that about yourself, but we can say that about the Word of God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And I read this psalm in, in Psalms chapter number 83, and I see that it's a psalm of petition. So what is the psalmist doing? He's giving his petition over the present view of what's going on in his present life. And the psalms is a book that is that way. It takes our present storm, our present tempest. It, it gives our present state. And we can apply the word of God to the present in our life. And I love Psalms 54. I've studied the scriptures and the Psalms for so many years that I can go back to different Psalms and draw strength. And sometimes when I'm going through something spiritually uh, or even physically in my life, I'll go to the book of Psalms and I'll take those verses and I'll try to reason out what I'm going through through the Bible. In Psalms chapter uh, 54 verse 1, David says, Save me! Save me, O God. This is what he says he wants to be saved by. Save me, O God, by thy name. By God's name. Whose name can save us but God? His is the only name that we can come under uh, the mighty uh, tower, the watchtower that God has that we put ourselves under for safety. And don't you remember what Jesus said 
in the New Testament when our Savior was standing over the great city, that ancient city of Jerusalem, and He said, Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, how oft would I have gathered you together under my wings as a hen would gather her brood under her wings, but you would not. I say to you this morning that Christ is the only name that we can truly come under and find peace. I want you to notice in verse number 1 what the psalmist says. He says to keep not silent. Well, why would God be silent in a Christian's life? I believe there are times that God just shuts off his, 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 his voice of verbal speaking so that we can have to stop and consider where God is at in our life. Have you ever gone through a period in your life where that... Uh, it just seemed like no matter what you did, you prayed, you, you were in church, you sang, you worshipped, you, you read the Word of God, and you, did, you were doing everything right, but all of a sudden, God was just silent. He just seemed like He was a thousand miles away. And oftentimes, as Christians, we walk through those valleys where that we wonder where that God is at. But for the psalmist, there was something going on that was so great that he had to have the help of God, that it, was, that it was imminent, that he had to have God's help. And I like to say that sometimes as a Christian, we just, we've got to have his help. There's nobody else that we can turn to. I stopped uh, this week knowing what God was putting in my heart for today. And I was thinking about the service, and I thought, boy, I wish that we had Charles Brown with us again. I wish that we had the Roger Dunnigans with us again. I wish that we had the Dave Scarborough who were with us again. Sometimes I would go to them and I would pour my heart out and I'd say, I just don't know what to do. And their wisdom would always overcome my insecurity and they would help me walk through those difficult times spiritually that I was facing. But sometimes when there is no one else to turn to, all that we can do is turn to God. He said, he said Lord, don't be silent. Don't be silent, O God, and hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. And this is the reason why. He said, lo, the enemies that make a tumult. In other words, they were actively pursuing this man of God. They were actively, actively pursuing the nation of Israel and they were making a tumult. In other words, they had raised their head up and their voice was being heard and they were spreading terror and fear amongst the people of God. I don't believe I've ever seen a day like what we're witnessing today in America. I cannot figure out for the life of me how anybody that is Harvard trained and Yale instituted and these men and women, these, these people that are marching to the streets of America hating the people of God who, by the way, are the covenant people of the nation of Israel with God. I cannot figure that out. But the silence of God for David was deafening and he said, God, don't be silent anymore. And it's almost incomprehensible to think that God could even sit down with this trouble that's going on. But I want to make you a promise here this morning, church, that God will not be silent forever. 
God will not tolerate this act of hate, this act of, uh, this act of uh, anti-Semitism, this act of, of hurt against the church. And I want to show you why the church is even in danger today because of what's going on in our world. But I want to make you a promise that God will not be silent forever. His short-lived, his silence is short-lived. In fact, in this chapter, we never see where God rises up, but he will, as he always does. How about the prophet Elijah, so discouraged that he goes and finds himself in a cave. I'm convinced that many of God's people would like to have a cave to dwell in when real troubles come. I just want to tell you, and I think you know this about me, that uh, you've been around me long enough to know that I'm, this is just my nature, but I've never been one to back down. You push me the right way, and my true colors will come out. I'm no brawler. I don't want a fist fight. I don't believe a man of God ought to be out trying to push people to fight. But what I'm saying is, you mess with the church, you're messing with me. You mess with my family, you're going to see an ugly side of me. A coyote shows up on my farm. I don't ask questions. I don't warn the neighbors. The rifles come out. Why? Because I've got something that I want to protect. And this world is filled with people who have hate in them. And he says, God, don't be silent. And the question is asked by every child of God, when will God act? Elijah was in that cave hiding. And in those storms that came, the fire came, the wind came, uh, the earthquake and all these things, and God was not in that, but the man of God had enough sense to listen as the still small voice of God finally came out and spoke. During these difficult times, we need to be reminded that God is still watching and God is still listening, and we need to listen to his still small voice. You and I have something that the uh, prophet Elijah did not have. That the prophet Elisha did not have. You and I have something that the old patriarchs of the Old Testament that they did not have. We have a complete word from God, the Bible. And I want to make you a promise today. I don't care what you're facing, you can find the answer to your problems in the Word of God. Ecclesiastes chapter number 3, some of my most favorite scriptures to use in a funeral. The Bible says, To everything there is a season, a purpose for everything under the heaven. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11 says this, In his time, he makes all things beautiful. And I want to encourage the wayward child of God that may be with us today. You may be in church, but your heart is a long way from God. Stay close to God. Be near Him and follow Him and His leadership and His guidance in your life. But I asked a question at the beginning of my sermon today, that does God have enemies? The answer is undoubtedly yes. God has had enemies ever since the beginning, even before the foundation of the world, we see where that the devil himself became an enemy to God. And these are elementary thoughts for you because I know you've studied the Bible. But because God has enemies, the church is going to have enemies. 
Israel, God's covenant people, I love this, that we have it in the Bible. And what do you mean by that word covenant? They were handpicked, chosen by God Himself, that these would be the people that God would choose out of all the nations of the world, that God would use them to show His glory and His power through that nation. Now, there are some people that have this idea that the church has replaced Israel. And you study, uh, you study this, it's what is known today in the doctrinal level as replacement theology. But I, don't adhere, I don't adhere to that. Israel is not the church, nor is the church Israel. We are the bride of Christ. And if you'll study the scriptures, there's two distinct uh, uh, distinct uh, ideas or uh, beliefs really through Israel. Israel belongs to God and the church belongs to Jesus Christ if you study it out. But now let me say this. I do not believe like some that some are preaching today uh, that the nation of Israel will be saved in a different way than the church is. Well, let me say this. Why did Jesus tell Nicodemus you must be born again. The only way of true salvation is through Jesus Christ. Why did the Apostle Paul write down in Romans 1 and 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God uh, to everyone that believeth to the Jew first, but also to the Greek or the Gentile. Everybody, worldwide, world without end, if they go to heaven, it will be because they come through the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I feel that I could preach a lot there this morning, but I just simply don't have time. But Israel has enemies. The church has enemies. Because of God's covenanted people, the nation of Israel. And I want to say to you this morning, there has never been a nation in all the history of the world that's had to fight more for their own land than the nation of Israel has. And the only friend that it seems like that is left for the nation of Israel are the believers of the church in this world. And I've never been more highly honored to stand today as a supporter of the nation of Israel than I am today. We love them and we support them. I didn't say I agree with everything that they do or have done. But I love them today. What do the enemies of God look like? I'm going to quickly move on because I know we got, uh, Broadus is going to come speak in just a minute. Will you flip with me to the book of Jude? The book of Jude, chap it's not a cha uh, chapters, but a chapter. I want to show you what our enemies look like. What the enemies of Israel look like. In Jude verse number 7, it shows us their nature. The nature of our enemy. It says, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication. It's a sexual group of people. And they're going after strange flesh. And they're set forth for an example Suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Now, let me show you another verse. Verse number 8. Their desire is going to be that they'll be filthy dreamers to defile the flesh. They're going to despise the dominion and speak evil of dignities. Is that not what we're seeing uh, from this 
uh, so-called educated group of people that's marching and waving their flags of hatred and malice against the nation of Israel and the church. And I'm going to show you something else that's, that's startling to me. Will you go back to uh, chapter 83 of the book of Psalms? I want to show you what, uh, what the Bible says in verse number 12 of, of, the, of the psalmist that we've read today. And it says, they said, let us take ourselves to ourselves the houses of God in possession. What are we standing in? What are we preaching in? We're in the house of God. I've heard people say in politics that if we could get rid of the people of the South, we could have exactly what we want. The Bible Belt, if they were out of the way, we could have what we want. And I want to say to every Sunday school teacher, every deacon, every choir member, there's never been a day when your job is more important than it is right now. And I want to remind every child of God in this church today, while I've got the liberty to do so, uh, there's never been a day when church is more important than it is right now. Stay in church. Be in church. I don't care if you feel like it or not. Find a way. Dig down deep. Uh, pray and stay faithful to the house of God because they want to shut our churches down. But I've got enough fight in me, and I hope you do as well, that we're going to stay together and fight. Their desires in verse number, uh, verse number 10 is to take possession of the house of God. They want the houses of God. All right, and I've got some things I want to close with this morning. Psalms 83 is so accurate that how can we deny that it's for our present day? I've heard some preachers say that this is a prophecy fulfillment for our day. And it may very well be people rising up in hate. I remind you that God's not going to be silent forever. Someday, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, but someday in the near future, God will rise up in anger. And there is nothing wrong with that. Can I ask you a question? What would you do? What would you do if tomorrow you're asleep in your bed? And someone comes in and shoots, maims, and kills your children. Do they have a right to fight? The narrative is being changed right now. I'm telling you the truth and you know it. The narrative is being changed. They're wanting to say that, well, they've done their bad, now it's time to let it all go and let's have a ceasefire. I'm going to tell you something today. You messed with my family. I'm going to come after you. And there's nothing wrong with that. They have their right to stand for their freedom. Just like America does. How long, O oh Lord? That's the question. And here are the answers that the psalmist gives. In the last, uh, last of this chapter, verse number 18, the Bible says that men may know men may know know what that they may know that thou whose name alone is Jehovah now you know him as Savior Jehovah because he dealt with your heart possibly as a child in a revival service a Bible school or 
Sunday school or Sunday morning service. You got saved because the Spirit of God, the truth of the Word of God was revealed to you. The Spirit put His, put His presence in you and showed you that you needed a Savior. And it's hard for me to fathom that across this whole world that there are nations that are among the ranks of the rabbit people that do not know who Jesus Christ is. And so they go on in their unbelief. But the Bible says that God's going to give them His name and they're going to know. We're going to know that His name is Jehovah. And uh, his, his position, uh, now notice this, the last part of this verse, His position is over all the earth. And I've drawn strength from this in these last days that I live in and you live in as well. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. You believe that? I do. And he'll not be silent forever. Perhaps you're here this morning and you don't know Jehovah, the Savior, Jesus Christ. There are many names given to the Savior in the Word of God, Yahweh, the bright morning star, the lily of the valley. He's called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. But to me this morning, He's all those things. He's my Savior. And I want to tell Him today that I love Him. I need Him. And never before in my life have I ever needed a Savior more than I do now. Aren't you glad for the power of prayer? I'm talking about praying in the Spirit now. We're going to gather tonight under the tent for prayer, and I've told Terry time and time again as we've been making preparation. I want you to hear me. Making preparation to get everybody together, all these churches. I said, Terry, I do not want this to be a time when people pray like a falling star. Come down and... About two minutes, they're done. That's not praying. No. I'm talking about travailing and getting on your knees before God. And You know how to know when you've really prayed? When you don't have anything to say. I know that don't make sense, and that's oxymoron, but listen to me. When you don't have anything to say, but you know you're in the right place, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God takes over. And He does the praying through you. You know, you can't pray without the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God speaks and shows you needs that you didn't, and shows you that you have needs that you didn't even know you had. And if you ever get saved, it'll be, be because the Holy Spirit helps you and births you into the family of God. I want to ask you this morning are you saved? Do you know Jehovah? And in anger, he will rise for his people when people begin to make atonement against his people. I've seen him time and time again stand for his church. By the way, the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. And I believe that God is looking. Uh, Betsy, can you come to the piano? Stacy had to go. We're going to give a, an invitation. Zach's coming. I want you to listen to me. 
God is looking for some little people. Some people who in their mind think that they are nothing. Those are the ones that God can use. The ones that think that they are everything because they have arrived, they're no use to God. God is looking for some Gideons who's willing to go fresh at the... Uh, Go fresh at the, at the time of night when nobody is watching, but you're, you're hungry and your family's hungry and you're, you're, you're ready to go fresh wheat. God is looking for some Samsons who's willing to fight even though they've made some mistakes, but willing to fight even though if it means they'll go alone. God is looking for some people who will be willing to be filled with the spirit and the power of Elijah. That's who God's looking for. God is looking for some, for some Peters, some Pauls, and some Johns who are called away just common men who've been out fishing. To call them to go out and spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. God is looking for some farmers. Some of you are farmers. You're not much of one, but you're trying. Just like me. God's looking for some men, some women, who will rise to the occasion and say, Lord, be not silent anymore. Rise up. If you're unsaved, I want you to come while we stand. What's your number, Zach? If you've got a need this morning, will you come? Will you come? You have listened to Pastor Les Fuller at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. Please join us at 11 a.m. at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, or view our live stream on Facebook. May God bless you for listening. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North...